Welcome to the Move With Tank podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Tancini. He is a doctor of physical therapy, owner of Ground to Overhead Physical Therapy, a strength and conditioning coach, former college athlete, four-time CrossFit regional athlete, and a national-level Olympic weightlifter. On the show, he will cover ways for active individuals and athletes, just like you, to stay healthy and improve their performance without the need of surgery, injections, and pain medication. If you ever have any questions for Dr. Tansini, which you would like answered, send over an email or message through Instagram at drtank underscore dpt. So without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Tank. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. This is Dr. Tansini here at Grand Overhead PT, and welcome to the Move With Tank podcast. Uh, today I've got someone pretty awesome with me. Uh, she's the owner of Flowcore uh, here in North Carolina. Uh, she uh, has two studios, one in Raleigh, one one down in Chapel Hill, and um, I've had the opportunity to connect with her over uh, the COVID outbreak and uh, you know it's they just opened up their spot down in Chapel Hill and um, I've had the chance to go in there and work out and get a get a get a session at the studio and uh, it's it's awesome so uh, I just wanted to let you guys meet her uh, learn a little bit more about her business and um, learn all the awesome things that uh, they can they can do for you and help improve your health and fitness. So, uh, Nicole, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. 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 So, um, now I'll give you a little, a little intro, uh, but, um, you always do it best. So, uh, could you, uh, give our, our listeners a little intro about who, who you are and, um, just briefly introduce you know, float work. Yeah. Um, my name's Nicole. I, um, I am originally from Colorado. And in fact, I am having this conversation with Michael by way of Denver. Um, but I lived out in North Carolina for a few years and I started Flowcore out there. So our first studio is Raleigh. Our second studio is Chapel Hill. Um, and if you look at our website, what we say we do is high intensity Pilates and low impact cardio. Um, and that means something to some people and not to others. What we really do is functional strength training. So on a Pilates machine, we are um, trying to teach people how to move well, how to recruit muscles properly, how to train their bodies out of muscular dysfunction and movement imbalances so that they can do the things they love to do in their lives free from pain and injury. That's awesome. That, that That's awesome. And guys, uh, I had never been on the, the, I'm a, I'm a reformer before, and I can tell you it is pretty awesome. Uh, you know, it was an awesome class and uh, definitely super, super challenging. So, um, but, but the, you know, the transfer over from like what you guys do and um, what uh, we were doing in, in the class has such great transfer over into like other areas of life, just, uh, you know, make you a better, better human being. Um, so, uh, Nicole, thank you so much for, uh, having me a few weeks back. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're, you are of course welcome anytime. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I grew up an athlete and my evolution to flow core has been somewhat circuitous by way of teaching yoga for a while. Um, but I've always been an athlete and I've always, um, really enjoyed just having like a physical presence in the world. Um, and I like to think about flow core in terms of people's why. So what is the thing that they love to do and how can what we do in our studios help them perform at a higher level? And that can be, you know, an athletic endeavor, but it can also just be, I want to keep up with my kids better, my grand, my grandkids better. Um, for my purposes, though, I'm a skier, and I've never been a stronger skier since opening Flowcore and doing the training that we're doing. I, you know, I believe in it because it's my business, but I also just believe in it wholeheartedly because I see the benefits in people's lives. We have 
people who do, um, you know, distance running and they've, they've cut a lot of time off their runs. I'm a skier. I've never been a better skier. Um, I just think the benefits are multifactorial and really, um, really can kind of move people along in their lives in a more, you know, in a stronger and more meaningful way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, which, which sports did you play as you uh, grew up? So I played field hockey and lacrosse. Okay. Um, and then I grew up in Colorado, so no surprise, I grew up up in the mountains skiing. Um, but yeah, I used to be like a pretty good lacrosse player. I was all state and all American. And uh, nice. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I don't still play lacrosse as I'm now a 35 year old mother of two. But, um, but like, you know, just that instinct to like want to be, you know, want to be really active and want to um, be moving my body and, kind of the evolution of going from like team sports to now the things I love to do are I love to ski with my kids. I love to ride bikes. I love to skateboard with my kids, you know, all those things. And so in order to do so, you know, my body needs to be working well. I need to be strong. I need to, um, you know, and I need to be training it accordingly. So that's kind of, that's what we try to do. Did you grow up an athlete? Yeah. So uh, I played baseball all the way up through college. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see. I personally made the choice to uh, specialize in baseball going into high school, but I played football, uh, basketball, and baseball all the way up through then. Uh, And then uh, I was on a travel team and uh, where we essentially played from like January through, through November. Um, And uh, then I played uh, two years in college and uh, then got into the, uh, sport of fitness after that and uh still do some uh competing in in early lifting uh so i i will see i'll lift on a national level here at the usaw american Open finals in uh december if uh the if a covid lets us um so <laughs> Yeah, so I was, I was actually checking on that this morning because, like, the deadline to to actually register is coming up, and uh, I, I don't want to register and then have to cancel plans. I know. So, you know? I know. So, the, the idea of, like, planning for anything right now feels fragile. Um, it, it really does. It does. I feel like we're all in some sort of combination of, like, time moving forward, but also suspended animation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, and it's kind of crazy about how fast this has gone by, because back in uh, you know March, if you were to tell us, oh, you know, like six six months would go by and it would feel like it just started yesterday, I'd be like, nah, you're you're crazy. There's there's no way we could sit at home uh, for you know six months and it go by fast. But I mean, it has flown by. It has flown by. Uh, do you remember in March when uh, when everything was shutting down and we were having the con- I mean, like we kind of globally, or at least the people that I was having conversations with, we were like, ah, we'll just shut down for a couple weeks and then it'll be fine. <laughs> and then we'll, re- yeah. we'll be reopened. And then it was like, it wasn't a couple weeks. We were like, ah, we just got to get through the summer. And then things will just, things will go back to normal in the other side of the summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a wild ride. It, it really, really has. And um, you picked a pretty opportune time to open up the Chapel Hill uh, studio, right? It was like the day that everything shut down. Yeah. So our grand opening was March 16th, which was uh, the day that Governor Cooper called it and everything shut down. So it's been a, you know, it's been a really interesting, um, it's been a really interesting experience. Obviously, like the fitness industry was uniquely affected by shutdowns and COVID. Um but I think it's really been what I'm trying to view it as is like a good learning opportunity um, and a good kind of like impetus to develop best practices and to ensure that, um, you know, we understand how we're operating, always operating with the highest integrity and like putting policies in place that will allow us to operate because, you know, COVID's our reality and it's not going anywhere. And um we all kind of need to learn how to like move through the world as safely as possible while still, I think, participating in the world. That's like, that's my personal philosophy and my goal. So, um, you know, COVID has been a, has been a real learning experience from a business standpoint and has forced us and caused us to put in a lot of safety measures that I feel really, really good about, like our ability to keep our immediate community safe, but also the broader Raleigh and Chapel Hill communities safe. 
Oh, that's awesome. So um, now, uh, can you can you dive a little bit into um, what some of those safety measures are? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so we have, so the, the first one, the easiest one is we put, um, filtration systems in our HVACs. So there, it's called the I-Wave and it's been proven to reduce, um, the amount of COVID over a 30 minute period in the air by 99.4%. In addition, it also filters out other pathogens, but specific to COVID it's had, um, it's been demonstrated to be really effective in filtering and cleaning the air. So both studios are equipped with I-Wave filters, the vast majority of our classes, so like the class you came to, right, that's Core 45, it's on our X-Former, which is our Pilates machine exclusively, and everybody's masked. Um, so the majority of our classes are masked. We have huge spaces, right? The space that you went to in Chapel Hill is almost 3,000 square feet. The classes are capped at 10. Um, so that allows for a lot of distancing um, amongst our clients. And then the other thing, too, with regard to that is we have a one-to-one -one client to equipment ratio. So while you, Michael, were in class, you weren't sharing your equipment with other people, right? You were in your own unique station, you were on your machine. And then we have um, redundant or overlapping cleaning policies in place after each class. So you, our client, wiped down your machine with um, EPA and CDC approved um, cleaning, excuse me, cleaning wipes. And then after you guys are gone, we spray the machines again with a solution of bleach that is, uh, that is shown to kill COVID after like 30 seconds of contact or less or something like that. Um, so anyway, what we put in place are in the conversation that we're always having, the word we're always using is overlapping precautions so that we are ensuring safety for our community at like various steps. And if there's one failure in one step, then that next step is there to ensure safety and so on and so forth. Perfect. That's, that's awesome. And uh, to everyone, you know, out there, out there listening right now, um, I felt super safe. And uh, like, that's, that's the first time I'd been in back in the gym working out um, outside of my, my own, my garage gym uh, since the start of COVID, and uh, I felt super, super safe. Um, like, I mean, extremely clean. Uh, the spacing was perfect, um, and uh, you know, the cleaning measures were very, very apparent. That uh, you know, it's a safe place for people around the you know Chapel Hill you know region to come in and you know get their get their workout in and uh, work to to improve themselves. So, so. I mean, uh, you guys are doing a great job. Um, well, thank you so much. I actually, I have an employee who it is like basically her full-time job. So while I am super appreciative that you say so, the credit is due to her because she has done a phenomenal job of researching and implementing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, you know, broadly like with Flowcore outside of COVID, but certainly as it relates to COVID, I take the responsibility of of caring for people very seriously um, I think it's a real privilege that people would come to our studio and trust their bodies with us and trust us to move them through like vigorous and challenging exercise in a way that's going to be safe. Um, and then within COVID as well, like I, you know, I have two children. I, I understand the score outside of just my business. Like I want schools to be operating, right? I want kids to be in school and I want parents to be able to be focusing on their jobs and their work and so forth. And I understand that we're part of a broader, you know, broader community and, and I take the responsibility of guarding that incredibly seriously. So I really appreciate that. And it was really fun to have you in class. I, I loved having you there. Yeah, yeah. It was it was great. And um and you know like uh, I've personally been been pretty uh apprehensive about you know going to work out at a gym, you know, up to this point just simply because um my 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 son now is now two months and ten days old. So uh He's super, super young, and um, and uh, you know the last thing that I want to do is bring home something to uh, him. So um, I, I know personally in my office, um, I've been super uh, crazy cleaning and making sure all the precautions are taken to keep everybody safe. And uh, you know, it's it's very makes me feel super good that um, people in the area have a place like, like yours and they can go and not have to worry about, you know, getting, getting COVID um, simply because of the precautions that are in place 
and still get a great, awesome, awesome workout in. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's our goal always is to uh, keep people safe and then to constantly be evaluating. And the thing that we tell our clients is, you know, where our policies will reflect whatever is going on in the moment. Um, and so subject to change, but yeah, I mean, broadly that's, that is the goal. So I'm, I'm glad you felt that. Um, and that is kind of our commitment to our clients. Yeah. Awesome. So, so now, um, how, how did you go about opening up the business in the first place? So, so like, uh, you know, we all have like this reason why we go open up, you know, a PT practice or a studio and, uh, but, um, you know, oftentimes that, uh, message isn't, isn't ever heard. Um, so, so, so how, how did, did you go from being, being an athlete, uh, uh, going, you know, going through, through school and then being like, you know what, I want to open up a Pilates studio. Yeah. I mean, gosh, what a, um, what a wild ride it's been. Um, I, uh, I've always, I mean, like kind of broadly, I, I, I like people a lot, um, I really, really love creating a warm, inclusive, welcoming environment. I like knowing people. I like um, letting people know that who they are in the world is enough, right? Outside of people who are unpleasant, then I don't think they're enough. But like the, the majority of us are trying to do right in the world and trying to be good people. And I think it it can feel challenging. And so I like to create an environment where people just to get, they just get to show up, doesn't matter who you are, what your body looks like. I don't care if you have shredded abs or not, but you just get to come and like um, feel a part of a community and, um, and, you know, feel accepted. And so kind of broadly, that's how I've always felt. I've really enjoyed creating that environment in the world. Um, and I moved to North Carolina for my then husband was a resident at Duke. So he and I moved out with our kids and I had always kind of, I'd always thought that I wanted to open a yoga studio actually at that point, came to Raleigh and believe it or not, there's a lot of yoga studios in Raleigh um, <laughs> and everywhere. Right. So I, um, I had taken a similar method in Denver. So high intensity Pilates. Um, and I started to explore it in a more meaningful way. Um, I was kind of doing my due diligence on the type of equipment that was available and the type of training that I would get for myself personally. And then um, my initial group of instructors who were going to help me open the studio. So it was kind of just like an evolution. It started with yoga. It evolved to high intensity Pilates. And then I found a really good friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Martz and she lives and works out in LA and she and her husband have developed the X-Former which is the uh, Pilates equipment that you were on when you were in class the other day. Okay. Um, and she's just a total badass. She's super cool. She's like the consummate entrepreneur. You know, she started a small business and she found the, the parts of it that weren't working and she found the solution. Um, so she had a studio of her own. She had different equipment. It wasn't, it wasn't um, meeting her needs. She didn't feel like the quality was there. And so she just designed her own. And I was lucky enough to be um, to be introduced to her. And once I met her, I was just like all in. I was all in on the method. I was all in on the X former, and I was really all in on it from like um, from like a philosophical level. Like she just really sold me on how smart the training is and how how good it is for people's body. Like what like the muscles that we're targeting, how we teach um, muscle recruitment, and how it teaches people to just move better broadly in their body. So. I kind of happened upon it um, by way of a few different stopovers. But once I, once I found the X-Former and high intensity Pilates, I just like really knew that that's what I wanted to bring to the triangle area. And then I added, so the other piece of equipment that we have, and I know you saw it, but you weren't on it is the Woodway curve treadmill, which they're just the best. Um, I know you commented on them. When they you are. Uh, they're awesome. They are. They're so awesome. They're awesome. And, and so I, I wanted something because, you know, fitness is blowing up generally, right? Like you can't, you can't look anywhere without seeing a boutique fitness studio. Um, high intensity Pilates is blowing up. And so I wanted a differentiator. Um, I wanted something that would set flow core apart from other uh, similar, you know, Pilates studios, but I also just really, really love the idea of the cardio plus strength training component. And I think that the Woodway curve is just like the most amazing complement to training generally, but also the type of strength training that we do. 
Yeah, you know, it is. And, um, you know, I, I wish I had multiple of them for all, all of my different offices. Uh, I mean, they're so, so great to run on. They, um, you know, actually encourage you to run better. Um, and, and they're great for a, I'm a, I'm a learning tool to actually uh, teach someone actually how to run better. And, um, and on top of that, there is set up. So it is a little bit easier on you uh, versus running out on the pavement. Um, and, uh, and they actually make you work harder. So, so when they, when you, when you look at the data on like that kind of treadmill compared to running outside, it's, it's gonna make you work a whole heck of a lot tougher, uh, than it would be like if you told everyone to go outside and, you know, sprint around the parking lot. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that's awesome because, you know, it gives uh, you the opportunity to, um, be in there and actually kind of like go back and forth uh, between different things. So running and doing the uh, core work and, um, you know, doing intervals and, uh, you know, and then have everyone kind of running together. Um, so with, with you keep being able to keep a pretty good eye on what exactly they're, they're actually doing. Yeah. So we, um, a lot of what we do, like outside of the benefits with running, so we do a lot of like core activation, which you felt, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, right, and a lot of like resistance training within activating the core, and in this in this case, I'm talking about the core as synonymous with the abs. Um, but obviously, you know, I know the core is inclusive of more than just the muscles of the abs. Yes. And so we do a lot of training of the the deep core, we'll call it, and the core as muscles that cross the hips um, and the spine. So we do a lot of glute work um, because what we find, what I find, what I'm sure you find is that people are really broadly inhibited in their glutes. Um, we sit a lot, we're sedentary, um, and for runners, glute activation, hamstring activation, so activating and using the posterior chain is really important. Um, and that's what the Woodway curve allows people to learn to do is, um, is use optimal running alignment to run. And then all of that, we, um, you know, we kind of reemphasize in the training that we do on the X former. Yeah. And I really like the more I'm on the two pieces of equipment that we have, the more I just like believe in them wholeheartedly. They're, they're both incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why, why do you, uh, go towards like, um, I'm running for the uh, kind of the cardio mix versus let's say like uh, utilizing the skier or, or the, you know, rower or, um, or the bike or something, a different form of cardio. You know, I don't have like a, I wish I had like a great answer for you outside of personal preference. I don't, Um, I'm sure there's any number of ways that cardio can be achieved effectively I love to ride bikes. I love to mountain bike. I love to um, like go for bike rides. I don't, I'm not like a diehard spin class participant. Um, So spin has never like resonated deeply with me. I know some people love it and I think that's amazing. Um, Rowers, same deal. There's there's actually a studio that's pretty similar to mine in Boston. It's called B-Tone. And the woman who owns it is awesome. And she, she kind of helped me as I, as I was opening flow core, um, but she has rowers. So I know that that's like a great option and it's out there. It's just never been something that like resonates deeply with me. And honestly, like if I'm going to go and get an amazing cardio experience, it's probably because I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, running's what the, what the human body's meant to actually do, right. you know, where, uh, you know, that's back in the way back in the day, you know, that's, that's how we got from, uh, town to town and hunted down our prey um so yeah um now have have you ever been on a skier just kind of like kind of kind of off topic but uh, have you ever you ever been on one you're a you're a you know you love to ski uh so i'm I'm just kind of curious um it's funny my my dad when i was growing up so this is like 20th century um, had one of those like Nordic track skiers. So I used yeah. to move around on that a little bit, but outside of that, I have not spent much time on the skier. Okay. So, uh, check out the concept to skier. It's a, uh, 
it's it's meant for to like train on like cross cross country skiing, um, and it's uh, pretty awesome. Um, that's it's like one of the pieces of equipment that I wish I had in my personal garage. Um, What's it called? I'm I'm googling it right now. Concept Two Ski Erg. So Ski Erg. And it's uh, and it's it's meant to like mimic you know like cross country skiing, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome. They they use it to train you know at the at the highest highest levels, and you can do both arms at the same time. You can do like one uh, one then then the other, uh, like you're kind of trekking across the land. Um, but yeah, super super cool. What do you like about it? Uh, that is that it's different and it's tough because it draws in, you know, like it's essentially uh, one giant crunch after another, right? It's, you know, yes, yes, you are using the arms, but it brings in, you know, a whole bunch in front of the middle line um, to actually get you to move on the, on the piece of piece of cardio uh, equipment. Um, You know, it's uh, one of the things, it just, it's just fun. Uh, You know, it's, it's something, as someone who uh, has grown up here in the middle of the state, uh, never been uh, skiing, um, and uh, never really been on something like it, and I, it, it's just fun. Uh, you know, that's that's about as great of an explanation that I can give there. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think fun goes a long way. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was, uh, when you were talking about, um, what we were born to do and running, have you ever read the book born to run? You know, I, I've not read the book. I've listened to, uh, him speak or on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, you know, but like, I, I understand the, like the philosophy, uh, behind it. And, and I think it's awesome. It is. And it's just, it's a good reminder. I, so I, I read that book and so it's all about, it's, well, it's not all about, but part of it takes place in Colorado and it's the Leadville 100. Have you ever heard of that race? Um, is that when they brought it, is that the race that they brought people to, uh, they like brought them in from a different country? Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this, uh, indigenous group out of Mexico, they brought them in and they're just incredible runners and they brought them to Leadville in Colorado and they, we got them like sneaker deals and uh, they, they had them run this hundred mile race. That's run. It's at like 14,000 feet or something like that. It's crazy. Um, and anyway, the part of the book deals with that, but um, the book is just like a great reminder that we are built to move. We are built to be active. We're, we're not built and designed to sit behind desks and be sedentary and be, you know, hunched over and driving and texting and working at our computers all day. Um, so it is, it, anyway, you saying that just reminded me of that book, but it is just like our bodies are meant to be in motion and be moving us from point A to point B. Um, and I just like, I'm such a believer in anything that helps us do so for like the long term, so that we can continue to live like that and be active and be, you know, productive and feel good long term. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's, um, one of my biggest personal uh, issues with, you know, a lot of the modern day medical system is uh, when, when someone gets, you know, uh, knee pain or shoulder pain and, uh, and they go to their doc and they're just like, yeah, you, you shouldn't do that. You know, you, you should, should, you know, you're, you're getting to be about 50 and uh, you know, you probably don't, don't need to do that kind of stuff anymore. You know, you should just walk and, uh, that'll that'll be enough, and um, and it, it just kind of drives drives me nuts because uh, people have been encouraged to uh, you know not not move their body and and you know to like you know need all of these uh, medications and need all of these uh, things that they actually don't need and that they could actually you know keep themselves in a super uh, healthy state if they just stayed moving. Um, you know, we, we do understand that people need to sit for, for work, you know, like that's just how our modern day, uh, culture has formed. Uh, but, you know, outside of, you know, the office and, or even inside the office, being able to stand up, but, 
create opportunities just to move and use your body and, uh, you know, like challenge yourself and work on things with your movement. Um, you know, while eating, eating food, we're actually meant to eat, um, and doing this consistently over time, you know, and that's what keeps us healthy. That's what ultimately, uh, you know, lets us live until we're hundreds, you know, and, um, you know, it's places like, like what, what you guys offer, uh, helps people actually do this. Um, yeah, I, t- I mean, I totally agree. I obviously I'm not a medical medical professional, so I'm only willing to like, you know, take the advice that I give so far. Um, but I hear it all the time and I'm actually really interested to hear your thoughts. So like running is super controversial, right? Especially once you get, to, I feel like once you get to a certain age, you'll find people who are like, no, like running is bad for you. It's bad for your knees. It's bad for your joints. You shouldn't do it. And then other people are like, you know, hypothetically and theoretically, you should be able to run for your entire life up until I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's like, you know, a point after which age might, might preclude people from continuing to run. Um, but I'm just interested, like from your standpoint, what, like, first of all, what are the things that you see with your patients? Like, what are the things that you are like working on kind of globally with your patients? If you could distill it down to the most common things you're working on. And also, I guess, speaking to those kind of those, um, misconceptions that circulate so often we shouldn't run because it's bad for our joints or like you were saying just don't do it if it, if it hurts just don't do it um, because I hear a lot of that I also have two children home with me and one of them has his finger slammed in a door so I apologize um, <laughs> but all, I just, I just, it is all good <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I hear a lot of it too um, and I just I just don't, I just think what, what has happened is we don't move well enough. Yes. Uh, you know, you are spot on. It's, um, so, uh, we are, we are meant, meant to run. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there uh, and a lot of medical professionals that say, you know, running isn't good, good for the body and people shouldn't run after a certain age and, uh, people, you know, um, take up running as a way to ultimately uh, get get back into shape or take up running as a way to just try and stay in shape. Maybe they, they want to lose weight. Maybe it's for, you know, just like the mental outlet of being like, Hey, like I get 30 minutes a day to where I can clear, you know, you know, my head and just going outside to hit that trail is like the best part of my day. Um, and it, and it makes them better for the, for the, you know, the, you know, the rest of the day. And, um, but as far as like running being bad on the body, like running isn't bad on the body. Um, what we tend to see is that, uh, you've, you know, I, I guess it can fall into a few different um, uh, categories here. You know, you have one, one category of person who, um, has been, uh, sedentary pretty much their entire life you know maybe they played a sport back in high school but you know maybe they're 35 40 45 50 and you know maybe they've gained a little bit of weight um you know they've never really exercised they've been stuck at a desk uh gained a little bit of weight they're out of shape you know they were told by their doctor hey you need to start moving or you need to start exercising um, because your blood markers aren't, aren't looking all that great. And, um, so they go out and they start trying to exercise and uh, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, they, um, they, they haven't moved in, you know, really 20 to 30 years. Um, and they go out there and try and go out and run every single day. Um, so we see someone who doesn't have the supervision of, uh, someone who can teach them how to actually do things. Um, but you see someone who went from a sedentary state to a relatively high volume of stress on the body in comparison to what they were doing prior. Um, so they go out, uh, stress their body a whole lot more than it's used to be stressed. Um, and then their body wasn't necessarily uh, prepared for it because they hit it too hard, too, uh, too fast. And now they start developing knee pain, you know, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendinopathies, uh, 
hip pains, um, back pain, etc. And they they go to the doctor, and uh, doctor takes an X-ray of their knee. It's like, oh, oh yeah, you've got some, uh, you know, arthritis in there, and uh, you have knees of a seventy-five-year-old. Uh, you know, you just sh- shouldn't do any kind of running again. Um, so they stop, and and then they give up, and uh, you know, their health is ultimately impacted by it. Then you've got. Uh, I guess, guess the other group, uh, which is people who who you know love to run and love love to train, and they've been exercising now for for years and years and years, and they get to a point when uh, maybe they get into their you know thirties and forties and fifties um, to where they start having you know knee pain and hip pain, um, and they and they go to the doctor, and the doctor just says, "Hey, you need to stop running," and um, and that's that's a that's a bunch of uh, crap, you know, essentially that is, that's a bunch of crap. It's uh, the body's meant to move, uh, but our body, I'm a, I'm a response in positive ways when we move it correctly. Um, and we do it in, in the, I'm a, I'm a right amounts, uh, to our level of training. Um, so essentially, uh, you know, you know, the same volume that that brand new runner who hasn't ran or hasn't moved in 25 years, uh, you know, maybe the maximum volume and the maximum load on the joints that they can actually tolerate is maybe that of a warm up for someone who runs 100, 100 mile, uh, you know, runs. Um, and simply because uh, they just haven't earned the ability to actually be able to run that much yet. Um, and now, uh, so when, when you overstep, you know, that threshold, that's, that's when things start to start to break down and, um, we can, you know, look at, okay, like what is the stress on the body? Um, and how much are we, are we loading it? So, um, is there ways in which we can, modify the stresses on the body so that we can tolerate a higher level of training or a higher amount of volume. Uh, so our body doesn't break down and we continue with the ability to improve our, our fitness and stay active. And that's where essentially one running correctly comes in. So, so just teaching people how to, how to run. A lot of people run very, very poor. Um, and they really put a lot of load and stresses on different parts of the body that they actually uh, shouldn't be be loading in the in the way that they're that they're loading, um, and and their body just just breaks down because it isn't wanting to take those those kind of uh, loads and stresses over time. Um, now. Some of, of those things are then impacted by you know just just like you were you were talking about uh, people try and run and they try and you know be super active but they don't have the base and they don't have the foundation in their core and their hips and in the surrounding uh, muscles of the body to essentially um, help them move the way that they need to continue to uh, to move over time. And um, keeping them in a better position to essentially load the body in an optimal way so that they can keep doing it over time uh, without having to worry about a lot of the injuries that uh, you might see. Uh, uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And I always really appreciate hearing somebody, um, you know, with your background talk about it because that's that's always like – been the guiding principle of what we are doing at Flowcore, but I'm not a PT. Um, I don't have that type of medical training and background. And so I always try and, um, you know, develop my programming based on best practices. Um, and I, and I truly and honestly believe that what we do dovetails really nicely with what I think you've been talking about and then what PTs try to accomplish with their patients. Um, what I've always understood is that things like knee issues are oftentimes resulting from an insufficient recruitment or use of really important muscle groups, right? So you're using yes. muscles 
to do the work that what like the primary muscle should be doing in, in the absence of that, like primary muscle activation or recruitment, it puts undue wear and tear on ligaments and tendons, um, soft tissues and so forth. Um, and so that's, that's absolutely what I have been trying to accomplish with my clients at my studios. And then just like anecdotally, um, I, you know, I have people who've gotten knee replacements and who are running on our treadmills um, for the first time in a long time and like really surprised that they're able to do so. Yeah. And it's incredibly gratifying, A, to like help them kind of rebuild that strength through, and what we do is low impact strength training. Um, but then obviously there is some impact with the woodways and the treadmills, but helping them rebuild that strength so that they can like essentially trust their body again, right? Trust their knee again, feel confident on their knee. Um, but then also get back on a treadmill and run and do so and feel successful doing so. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, uh, people are, are meant, I meant to run. Like I, I tell people all the time, like you shouldn't just be forced to, to stop running. Um, now, like, unless, like, some kind of, like, serious medical uh, condition happens where, like, you physically cannot run. Uh, but for, for someone uh, who wants to be active and, you know, you know wants to run, um, if you can really build, build that foundation, so you, you know, build uh, the strength throughout the legs, and, and you know, the, the stronger someone is, the better they're, they're going to be, you know, both in uh, – performance standpoint but also in how good their body feels mm -hmm. um then uh okay can we can we get someone you know strong enough so that the foundation's there two can we teach them how to run better and teach them how to you know move stronger and better uh while they're running and as they go down to let's say squat or pick, pick something up off the ground um and then, you know, provide them with the structure and the, and the guidelines on, okay, like you can run until you're 90, you know, you can run till, till you're, you're, you know, 100 and, uh, and, or until you never, never want to want to actually run again. Um, as long as you maintain the strength, maintain the foundation, um, you continue to focus on running as not only a, you know, a, a task that you do, but actually as a skill, um, because it is a very skilled, skilled movement. Um, and then lastly, being able to, okay, know the principles on, okay, how much should I be loading the body and how frequently uh, and how long uh, should I be doing it for? And, you know, do these things over time, you know, and throw in, oh, let's maybe we should eat better. So our joints are healthy. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe we should get eight, eight, eight hours of sleep every night so that our body actually, uh, you know, gets back to the state in which it's able to, uh, you know, per, uh, perform and take load at the best. And um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's essentially where where it comes from. You know, like uh, I work with a guy who um, who sees 60 at the time, he's um, let's see, he uh, grew up a long distance runner, um, mm -hmm. and when he came to me, he hadn't ran in like five years, and because he he just thought he was he was broken down, his knees hurt, Achilles was hurting, uh, really hadn't ran in forever. Um, he was struggling with a lot with his shoulders and his uh, back and his knees and his uh, Achilles and all those things. Um, and uh, we've actually got him to the point where he does CrossFit classes six days a week, um, as well as goes out on, on like a, you know, one or one or two, one or two runs a week. And on top of that, he has two uh, five-year-old twin girls. <laughs> and, uh, and he, he is an awesome, awesome dude. Um, and just like, I mean, when, when I'm 60, like, you know, I strive to have the same six back he, he does. So like, I mean, yeah, if that answers the question, like, like he's, he's uh, back to running and uh, back to being able to be, be human. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really have an age, age limit on it. 
No, I, I totally agree with you. And like, I, again, I don't ever want to overstep and like move into territory that I shouldn't move into because again, I don't have the, the education or medical background, but I just think there's like really interesting narratives in the world that we all face and interact with, with respect to our bodies. And it's different for different people, right? But as a woman, right, my God, we spend our entire lives fighting our bodies and convincing ourselves that, you know, our bodies don't look the way that they should, or if only, you know, if only I could be 10 pounds lighter, then my entire life would be perfect and want to unfold in front of me without issue. Um, and then we age and then all of a sudden it's like, we're, we're aging out of, of our ability to do things. And it's just like at every point in our lives, we're like confronted with these narratives and these ideas of, you know, who we are and what we're capable of. And I think it's too bad. Like, I really think that people ought to be able to, um, you know, focus on movement. First of all, kind of from an intuitive standpoint, it's like, how do I feel today? And let that be like, let that kind of guide, do I need to go for a 10 mile run today, even though I feel run down, even though I feel tired? And the answer is probably no. Yeah. Um, right. And then not, yeah. you know, not approaching your body as well. I'm 50, so I can't do this anymore. And as women, well, you know, I'm only moving so that I can like whittle myself down and fit into a bikini or whatever it is. And like, I've had two kids and I think that, you know, pregnant women were taught to like, just kind of sit there and, and not move and, and really be careful and like be super cautious with what we do. And I just think people at every single stage of their lives are capable of so much more than what we give ourselves credit for. Um, and I think at kind of at every turn, we're just like confronting these ideas of like who we should be or what the limitations are in our lives at that point. Um, and I think kind of broadly, people should just like obviously under the care of a medical professional, but like really, uh, really question what we're saying and how we think about ourselves. Is it a reflection of what's really going on or is it something that we've just been taught to think? Yeah. You know, you're spot on, um, you know, and uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean the world, the world needs to change, you know, and, and like we, uh, I mean, you, you see it, you know, and you know, with probably a lot of the clients that you, that you work with and uh but you know many people out there put all these limits on what they can and cannot do and and, and they're they're all just false you know they're it's a narrative that they've learned through the through the media uh that is uh led them you know you know led them the wrong way um and that uh you know holds them back just because they tell themselves oh i can't do something Oh, I'm 50. Oh, I'm 60. Oh, I can't do that anymore. I'm too old. You know, uh, I'm broken down. Like, like I'm never going to be, you know, able to move like, like that again. And, and it's just like this really negative story that just sends people into like a really negative spiral. Um, and, uh, I guess, I guess my, my, I, my philosophy is, is like, don't say I, I can't say how. How, how can I, uh, because, because you can always, because you can always find a how. So like, say, say someone who, um, finds your, uh, studio and, uh, they're like, Oh, I can't do that. It's high, high intensity. You know, like I'm older, like I haven't worked out in years, but, uh, but it's like, no, it's like how asking how can I be able to do that? Okay. A first step is, okay, let me call up Nicole and be like, okay, like I'm really interested in, in here. And then you're going to be able to essentially guide her through the how and uh, make it so that she's going to be able to do things that she never thought she'd be able to do again in the future. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's the most gratifying part of your job, right? Is when you, you, you start working with a um, patient and they have, you know, limited mobility in some capacity. And then over time you get them back to doing the thing that they wanted to do. I'm sure that's like an incredibly gratifying part of your job. And honestly, it's a really gratifying part of my job too. Um, yeah. is see people getting to see people through that evolution and then also getting to like, like, I don't care what people's bodies look like. And I don't mind, like if somebody has a, has a goal for how their body how they want their body to look. I think that's great. Like no shame on either side of it. People don't have to look a certain way, but if you want to look a certain way, fine. But I think that should flow from 
a like a joy in movement generally, right? Like movement, yes. movement as a means unto itself, which is just like something incredibly constructive in every person's life that will, and then from there can flow so many things. Um, so I think I, I might have gotten a little bit sidetracked in saying that. Oh, no. Absolutely. And I, awesome. I and I do think like, you know, group fitness can be super intimidating. I totally understand that the machines are intimidating. So like the Venn diagram, the overlap that is group fitness plus the machines we're working on can feel really daunting for people. But like it and, and it is my job and it is my joy to create a, a space where people can come and just a know they're accepted and b know that like we can we can in any given class create an environment that is adequately challenging and also safe for most fitness levels. Um, I'll say that with a caveat of in the rare occasion, I think it's appropriate to do some one-on-one work before people get into a group fitness, but like the vast, vast majority of people, we can, we can keep them safe while also giving our client who comes every day a great workout. Um, but it is really my joy and pleasure to get to create that environment where people come and, and they can be intimidated walking through the doors, but I'm going to know their first name. I'm going to appreciate them. I'm going to, um, you know, acknowledge them in class and I'm going to, hopefully create a space where they can come and just realize that like they really love moving, right. They really love moving, challenging their body and doing so in like a great supportive environment. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, that's, that's definitely the feel that I got when I was there. Um, you know, I, I, it was the first time that I had ever done, I'd done it. And, um, it was, it was great. Um, and, uh, so like, um, if, if someone's out there, you know, you know, listening right now and uh, they're like, you know, this sounds pretty cool. Um, but, you know, I just don't know if I can do it um, or, you know, I just don't know if I'm fit enough and maybe I fall in that other category of maybe I should work with some, you know, you know, one-on-one first. But what would, what would you tell someone who's, who's a, a little bit scared? Um, sure. Uh, you know, you know, what, what would you tell them to help them see that it's, you know, a really awesome idea for, for them to come in and try out a class? Yeah. So um, the first thing I would say is if people can go to our website, um, it's uh, www.flowcore.com. Core is spelled C-O-R-P-S, like the Marine Corps or the Peace Corps. So uh, commonly pronounced flow corpse, but flowcore.com. And then there's like an email link and all those emails go to me. So like, I'm, I'm here to field questions. My name's Nicole. Nicole at Flowcore is my email. You can email me all day long. I'll email you back. I'll call you. We can, we can talk one-on-one. Um, I think that it's important for people to know and understand like what their apprehension is. So is it just like group fitness intimidates me? Is it I've had in my knee replaced and I, I don't yet trust my new knee and I don't yet trust my, you know, my strength. Um, any number of things that I think per, create like a barrier to entry. Um, and I guess what I would say in, in the context of a podcast is it is my express commitment in my entire team. And like our team, we, we operate with like very clear core values in mind is to create an create an environment where people are welcome, and it's not just Instagram influencers, right? It's not um, that's not what it's about. It is every single person who walks through the door is important, deserves to be seen, um, has value, and we are going to honor that. So hopefully that will dispel some of just kind of like the group fitness intimidation. Um, and then outside of that, like I really am available and our team is available to answer questions. Um, we have a pretty low barrier to entry, which is two classes for $20. That's our intro package. And basically I want to create a low cost option for people to come in and take classes. So 20 bucks, you get to take two classes. You get to feel what the studio and what the machine is all about. Um, I always invite new clients to stop to come early, um, talk to the instructor and stay after and talk to the instructor. And then outside of that, like I know almost every single one of our clients by first name. Um, and that's across two studios. And I do that by design. I want them to know and to trust me, um, and to feel like they have, you know, a certain degree of access to me. Like I am there to support 
their time at Flowcore. Obviously, like I really deeply appreciate the financial commitment that people make to us and paying us, um, you know, for the fitness classes. I take that all really seriously. But, you know, kind of broadly, it is a warm, welcoming environment. Um, and then more specifically, if people do have questions like that, you know, that contact tab on our website goes directly to me and I'm more than happy to talk via email or jump on a call um, and make sure that people feel comfortable and feel supported coming into the studio. Hey, I, I'm, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, guys, I will make sure that all of her contact info is in the in the notes on the show. Um, uh, I'm, uh, do you want me to put down Flowcore's uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook links? And uh, do you want me to also put, put uh, yours down personally? Oh gosh, not my personal Instagram. Uh, <laughs> only because I only, I only post on it about once a year. So it, it would okay. not be meaningful um way to contact me in fact every now and again somebody will be like hey i dm'd you a month ago and i'm like yeah i'm sorry like, I'm, a, I'm a email phone phone call kind of girl but i'll send you all the information you can put up um definitely my email nicole at Flowcore, our instagram we do have a studio instagram that is run by somebody who is responsive and commun communicative um and then facebook um and through those kind of those points of contact, um, we'll be sure that we communicate back to your audience quickly and efficiently. But before we get off, will you do me a favor? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So the majority of our clients are women. Um, it is, I think, just kind of like a fitness modality that appeals to women naturally. Here's the deal though, Michael, I am like such a firm believer that it is of such great benefit to men because what I see when men come to class and you did an amazing job, um, is they want to like muscle their way through class, right? They want to like throw weight around and like endurance the whole time. Um, and we do a lot of really great and valuable cross training that allows people to work on stabilization, um, you know, work on some of the, I think the like body mechanics and movements that men are naturally disinclined to pursue. So will you just, will you give a shout out for the men for them to come through yes. in the low core class? Yes. Um, so you know, Pilates is, you know, in the, in the mainstream, more of a, a female uh, mode of exercise. But I mean, the stereotypes there like are not the best, right? Because guys really should be doing this as, as well as uh, females. Like it's the human body is the human body. And like, yes, you know, you want to go throw around a bunch of weight in the gym, you know, you want to do a whole bunch of bench press and a whole bunch of squats and deadlifts and, uh, you know, Olympic weight lift and, uh, you know, do all these kind of like bigger, better kind of like macho type things. But when, when it comes down to it, if you would just go try out one of these classes and actually commit yourself, uh, to working on, you know, you know, the core and the middle line better and actually learning how to organize the spine and, uh, you know, maybe ditch all that weight that you tend to want to lift and actually learn how to move a little bit better so that when you do then go back in the gym and, uh, you know, they're, they're not like, oh, I can only do this one month and I'll do this the next month. It's like, okay, I'm going to go lift heavy on uh, these days and then on uh, these days I'm going to complement that by going to Flowcore so that I can essentially uh, teach my body how to move better, um, how to how to be stronger uh, in those uh, positions. And ultimately then that'll impact their ability to actually move more weight and achieve their goals in the other remote realms of fitness. Um, so yeah, I mean people guys need to need to check it out. Um, you know, ditch, you know, lose the, lose the ego. Ego is the enemy. If you've ever read that book, it is awesome. Um, and just, you know, check yourself out the door, go get your, get your butt kicked by a bunch of ladies next to you and, um, show, show back up the next day and, uh, you know, earn the ability to have a, a stronger body. Yeah, I love that. We do. We really focus on functional movement and like Flowcore is not going to be every 
everybody's main workout, but I think it's incredibly valuable cross training for every single person who likes to move in the world. Um, so I really appreciate that. And what you said about the spine, we do a lot of work on um, neutral spine. Um, we do a lot of work on recruiting muscles in support of neutral spine because that's how people should be moving. Um, and I like that. I like that term, organize your spine. I'm going to use that moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, because it's, uh, you know, everyone likes to talk about posture and posture and posture, but posture is a fluid dynamic thing, right? So like your best posture in, uh, you know, uh, hitting a baseball, right. Or, or like, uh, shooting a basketball or uh, going skiing is going to be a little bit different than your best posture when you're, you know, sitting cross-legged on the floor or, uh, when you're, you know, doing a handstand, but, but we, we see these foundational principles that we can then extrapolate up the chain and be able to, okay, like, okay, how can we organize the spine in all of these different positions? Uh, now, uh, what is the best way to load the spine? What is the best way to put the, you know, organize the different parts of the spine to essentially be strong, which will carry over into, you know, all the different tasks, such as skiing down the hill or, you know, driving down the hole of a 500 pound squat or, you know, picking up a 700 pound deadlift off the ground or being able to essentially make it through the first 15 minutes of class during uh, one of your workouts, um, you know, and actually learning those same foundational principles that we can take across the board into all these different uh, things that people do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm going to share this last year. I know I don't want to, I don't want this to go on too long, but the flow core wise, like my favorite thing. And so I got divorced a couple years ago and my ex-husband and I are still, still close and get along great. And, um, we were skiing together out in Colorado last year and I, he skied up next to me and he's a, he's a runner and he's a good runner. Like he's, he runs, I would say like on average five to seven miles a day. And like, pretty quickly and he comes up next to me and he is dying super winded out of breath his legs are super fatigued he looked over at me he's like god nicole are you just dying right now and i was totally fine <laughs> and it's totally fine and it was like That's awesome one of the most gratifying moments um yeah I, I i agree you know people should move so everybody all of your listeners should find the thing they love to do and they should do it um but come cross train at flow core because we'll make sure that you are able to do it in, in a really like meaningful way and you'll feel stronger and you'll feel more efficient with what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and that is a great way to end the show, you know, and um, you know, I'm going to make sure that uh, everyone knows exactly how to, how to find you and uh, get in touch with you. Um, studio is awesome. It's minutes from uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, I, I know when all the students get back in in the spring, um, you know, it, it's an excellent place right off the bus route for all of the students to come get an awesome session in. It's right next to Whole Foods, which is an amazing place for coffee and food and um, a place that I frequently visit across the country at every city that I go into. <laughs> so, uh Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, um, you know, uh, we, I really, you know, enjoyed the chat. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning in today. And, uh, this is the move with tank podcast and I will catch you next time. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found the content useful, and I hope it helps you avoid an unneeded surgery uh, or an unneeded injection in the future. Now, in practice, my goal is to save 1 million active individuals from the unneeded surgeries, injections, and pain meds that they don't need while helping them stay active and performing the activities that they love to do. Now, Guys, I cannot reach that many people all by myself. I really need your help. So if you like what you heard, please share this podcast with your friends, with your families, or with anyone who you feel really needs to hear it. 
By doing so, you may just save that person from an unneeded surgery or injection that they really do not need. If you're not following me yet on social media, find me on Instagram at drtank underscore dpt and on Facebook at ground to overhead physical therapy. Thanks for listening to the show today, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and I look forward to seeing you guys here again next time on the Move With Tank podcast.